Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking newspaper for week ending Saturday the 26th of November 2022. This is Chris and your other readers tonight are Eleanor, Jeremy and Pam. The editor this week is Eleanor. All are members of Team One. We must apologise to our listeners for the cancellation of last week's newspaper. This was due to unforeseen circumstances beyond our control. Most of our news items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Burke Hempstead and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local code of 01442 unless stated otherwise. This week's headlines. Garden bin fees and Christmas light display saved. These and other stories follow. Here is the news. Hello, I'm Eleanor. Decorum Borough Council has agreed it cannot afford to hold out on collecting garden waste for free any longer and will introduce charges next year. The council has agreed to introduce a £45 per bin per year charge for green waste collections when the service resumes on February 27, 2023. At a meeting at the Forum in Hemel Hempstead, Decorum Borough Council's Cabinet members heard that there are 55,861 green bins for garden waste across the district. The free service costs the taxpayer £1.375 million each year, with approximately 64,740 of this recovered by charging households which have a second or third bin. With the exception of the Hartsmere and Stevenage boroughs, where the optional garden waste service is combined with the statutory food waste collection, Decorum was the final borough to collect garden waste free of charge. Earlier in 2022, Decorum Borough Council's Cabinet agreed they must find £3.6 million in savings over the next four years. Bovingdon, Flaunden and Chipperfield Councillor Graham Barrett said, The council is facing significant financial pressures in the medium term, so the proposal here is that the council introduces costs for green waste collection. Council leader, Councillor Andrew Williams, said decorum had held out on providing free collections longer than other councils, while Deputy Leader Leverstock Green's Councillor Margaret Griffiths said, it's a choice to have a green garden waste collection. Perhaps some of our residents only have one or two bags each year to take to a recycling centre. Or perhaps some of our gardens, gardeners prefer to compost at home. A report into the new charges in decorum reads, In 2012, it was estimated that a third of councils operated a chargeable green waste service. By 2019, this figure had risen to 72% of local authorities. A common theme across authorities moved to a chargeable service that is considered fairer to offer a paid service for those who want it, rather than add to everyone's council tax bill whether they use it or not. It adds, there is no evidence charging for the services reduces recycling rates, based on a study of St Albans City and District Council, which introduced charges in 2021. People receiving benefits will get a £10 discount. Hello, this is Jeremy. Three companies in Hemel Hempstead have stepped in to help a popular charity Christmas lights display still go ahead, despite the cost of energy rising. On Blair Close, Woodle Farm, the Poulis family have been lighting up the road with Christmas lights in aid of Rennie Grove for the past 10 years. But due to the high cost of energy, Michelle Poulis had feared that the display might have to be cancelled this year. But after taking to social media, she was con contacted by the Kitchen Depot Hearts, JW Carpentry and Building and Shire Home Care, who offered support to make sure the display would still happen. Michelle said, Our annual Christmas lights display has really grown over the years. 
We first started it to raise money for Rennie Grove after I received support from the charity following treatment for breast cancer when my children were very young. Over the years, Michelle and her family have raised over £13,000 for Rennie Grove. She added, I'd like to say a huge thank you to the companies for their generous support and to everybody who has donated raffle prizes and refreshments to make the Switch On event a great fundraiser. The Christmas lights will be turned on at 6pm on November 26th, which will be marked by a celebration outside the house, including refreshments and fundraising activities, such as a raffle and tombola. The lights will be turned on from 5pm to 9pm each evening until Boxing Day. Hello, this is Pam. This week in history. November 23rd, 1910, Dr. Hawley Harvey Crippen, who poisoned his wife to seek a new life with his lover, Ethel Laneve, was hanged at Pentonville Prison. On this day last year, Hexham was crowned Britain's happiest place to live in an annual poll. November 24th, 1991, Freddie Mercury, lead singer of the rock group Queen, died aged 45. November 25th, 1984, Britain's top rock stars, responding to a call by Bob Geldof, gathered together under the name Band-Aid to record Do They Know It's Christmas in aid of the Ethiopian Famine Appeal. On this day last year, a world-first trial assessing a cannabis-based drug to treat an aggressive form of brain cancer was given the go-ahead, a charity announced. November 26, 1983, gold bars worth £25 million were stolen from the Brinksmat Security Warehouse at Heathrow Airport. November 27, 1942, as German troops arrived in Toulon, the French fleet was scuttled in the harbour to prevent the warships falling into enemy hands. On this day last year, Storm Arwen hit the UK with gusts of almost 100 miles an hour battering some areas. And November 28, 1934, Winston Churchill warned that weak defences could mean that Britain could be tortured into absolute subjection in any war with Germany. Around 3% of people living in decorum are veterans of the UK Armed Forces, the first figures of their kind reveal. A snapshot, a snapshot of England and Wales taken in March last year has already given us a much better picture of the makeup of our population. For the first time in 2021, census respondents were asked whether they had previously served in the UK Armed Forces in a bid to improve the treatment of veterans across the two nations through better data. The latest figures from the Office for National Statistics show 3,948 people in decorum said they were a veteran at the time of the census. Of them, 2,898 had served in the regular UK Armed Forces and 896 as a reserve. National statistician Sir Ian Diamond said, For the first time, our data is able to show the vast scale of our armed forces community, which is vital information to help direct support and services where they are needed most. Perhaps unsurprisingly, a large proportion of our veterans live or are located near military establishments, suggesting they tend to stay in the same areas after they have left service. Across England and Wales, 1.9 million people, 3.8%, said they had previously served in the regular armed forces, reserve forces, or both at the time of the census. Around 37,000 of them lived in communal establishments, which can include student halls of residence, an armed forces base hospital, or a care home, while the vast majority lived in households. In decorum, 133 veterans, 3%, were in communal establishments last year, and 3,815, 97%, were in households. 
The ONS and the Office for Veterans Affairs also launched a new dedicated survey to collect feedback from veterans across the UK. Sir Ian added, Responses to the survey will help us better understand the experiences, needs and well-being of our veteran community and to guide future action. Minister for Veterans Affairs, Johnny Mercer, said the government is committed to making the UK the best place in the world for all our veterans. Meanwhile, Charles Byrne, Director General of the Royal British Legion, said the data will transform understanding of the veteran population. In cities, towns and villages across the UK, from Aberdeen to Brighton, Blackpool to Beverley and everywhere in between, people are being pushed to crisis point by the increasing cost of living. The Trussell Trust is a charity with a network of more than 1,300 food bank centres across the UK. You may not have noticed them in your community, but with 40,000 volunteers working tirelessly around the clock to make sure people facing hunger can access the food and support they need. They are the safety net that is catching people struggling to get by. This winter is going to be the toughest yet for the food banks, though as they are faced with a tsunami of need and soaring operational costs, they cannot respond to this crisis alone. They urgently need your support. The charity's long-term goal is a future without emergency food, where everyone has the income and support they need to get by, but right now, they are focused on ensuring that everyone has access to food. Every penny raised by the Trussell Trust's emergency appeal will go towards helping food banks to get keep going this winter by funding grants to respond to the cost of living crisis, by helping to cover increased running costs for food, facilities and frontline staff, as well as seasonal specific support for people facing hardships such as water bottles, blankets and food packs that don't need cooking. Direct advice on finances to help tens of thousands of people maximise their income is available via the charity's Help Through Hardship Helpline, run in partnership with Citizens Advice, and through one-to-one -one support sessions at food banks to support people through the crisis and beyond. With one in five people visiting a food bank coming from working household, hunger is an issue that can touch on all of us. There is no doubt we are all feeling the pinch, but we are hoping that during the coming weeks you can spare whatever you can to the Trussell Trust, https colon slash slash www.trusseltrust.org slash national world slash Winter Appeal. Are you cutting back on cash gifts this Christmas? 22% of parents will be giving less money for Christmas this year due to the high costs of everyday bills, with one in six grandparents saying the same. Despite tough economic times, Three in five still plan to give money to their children during the festive period. 46% of people with children and grandchildren will give money as well as a small present. But what would they like you to do with the cash? 58% of parents said they would like it spent on something you would like. 63% of grandparents would like it spent on something you would like. 31% of parents would like money saved for the future. 27% of grandparents would feel the same way. Berkhamsted's Festival of Light is set to return on Sunday, November the 27th, when Christmas officially arrives in the town. The festival, which starts at 3.30pm until 6pm, will see Berkhamsted High Street transform into a winter wonderland. The Christmas lights will be switched on at 5.15pm, followed by a guest appearance from Father Christmas himself. 
Stalls will line the street, which will be closed from Castle Street to the King's Road Junction from 1pm to 7.30pm, selling mince pies, mulled wine and festive arts and crafts. The Civic Centre will transform into the Elves' Posting House, where children can write or design a special message to Santa. Entry to the Elves' Posting House is ticketed. Tickets can be bought via bit.ly slash 3v1vi2hxc. To get involved with the Royal Mail Santa reply, take a stamp to the posting house where kids can get a letter back from the North Pole. Escape from the business of Berkhampstead's Festival of Light and take a moment to reflect in the 800-year-old St Peter's Church, which will be lit up with hundreds of candles. The church on Berkhampstead High Street will be lit up on November the 27th to celebrate the start of the Advent season. Everyone is welcome to walk through St Peter's, sit and enjoy the carol service at 7pm. St Peter's warden Mark Grigo said, The church looks particularly spectacular in candlelight, and it is both inspiring and humbling to think that St Peter's has been at the heart of Berkhampstead for 800 years. Outside the church, the congregation will sell hot chocolate and mulled wine in collectible St Peter's mugs. An application to build a new Lidl in Hemel Hempstead has moved into the final stage of a planning process. Lidl has applied to build a new shop to the north of the Jarman Park, opposite the existing Tesco Extra store. At a Decorum Borough Council Development Management meeting on November the 17th, councillors agreed to delegate their planning powers to officers with a view to approving the building. The principle of building retail on, on the units had already been greenlit. The design is set to feature a new high-quality little food store with 130 parking spaces, two of which will be reserved for electric vehicles. The new store would create 40 jobs, split equally between full and part-time positions. Tesco Stores Limited has objected to Little's proposal on several bases, including that the proposal fails to maximise use of the site and that the applicant's town centre and retail health check is not up to date. A letter of objection from Tesco's representatives reads, The assessment of alternative sites is flawed. It fails to consider other out-of-centre opportunities. Council planning officers recommended 18 conditions which the council would impose on the developers. Their report reads, The proposed design is considered acceptable as well as the various other material planning considerations such as residential immunity, accessibility, highway safety, parking provision, noise, air quality, etc. The officers want more information about tactile paving and a construction management plan to mitigate noise and dust impacts on shoppers and residents. A Hemel Hempstead training centre, which Ofsted graded inadequate, has said it will not take the rating lying down. UK Training and Development Limited, UKTD, has enlisted the help of solicitors to challenge the education regulator in the courts, and has said the report is devoid of any mention of the coronavirus pandemic. Ofsted gave UKTD an inadequate rating after an inspection on July 5th and July 8th of this year. Angela Sandal of Duncan Lewis Solicitors in London said, our client believes the current inspection findings are part of a pattern of grade 4 inspections at a time when providers are still in the COVID recovery phase. We have asked Ofsted to provide us with the raw data gathered during the inspection process, but so far they have failed to do this. UKTD Managing Director 
Teresa Wisniewski fears the rating will result in the business losing money from government contracts and schemes. She said coronavirus had a significant impact on the work-based training which UKTD provides, while a Duncan Lewis spokesman said they knew of two other cases in recent months where Ofsted has handed out an inadequate rating without considering the effects of the pandemic and the lockdowns introduced in March 2020. The Ofsted report rated the quality of education, leadership and management and apprenticeships at UKTD inadequate, the lowest rating. The behaviour and attitude and personal development categories were rated as requiring improvement. One section of the report reads, Around half of all hair professional apprentices failed to attend compulsory workshops that helped them prepare for their final assessments. As a result, too few apprentices are ready for final assessments and around a third fail their first attempt. The centre last received a good rating in 2012, while a 2019 Ofsted inspection identified the centre as one which requires improvement. An Ofsted spokesman said, We don't comment on complaints relating to individual providers. However, all our inspection reports are subject to a thorough quality assurance process to confirm our findings and judgments prior to publication. All comments and complaints by providers are fully considered as part of that process. Volunteers at Citizens Advice Decorum were presented with awards from the Mayor of Decorum, John Burney, and Councillor Alan Johnson on Monday, November 14th. The awards were given out at the showcase event held at the Forum, which saw the volunteers honoured for their 10, 15, 20 or 25 years service to the community. Four new advisors also received their Generalist Advice Accreditation. Volunteer Ed received his 25-year award for assisting clients at Citizens Advice Decorum. He said, I find volunteering here very rewarding and am constantly learning and expanding my skills. Citizens Advice Decorum CEO Angela Fox explained, We are seeing increasing numbers of clients due to the cost of living challenges people are facing, unable to heat their homes or afford food. It is extremely worrying and now that winter is fast approaching, sadly we are expecting the situation to worsen. Two protesters have been convicted of aggravated trespass and were sentenced after taking part in a protest at Buntsfield Oil Depot in Hemel Hempstead in April. Ben Horton, 49, and Catherine Lee, 34, were among protesters who blocked access to the oil depot in the early hours of April the 1st. The group had used a tanker transporting 37,000 litres of fuel to block the entrance. Some protesters climbed on the tanker attaching themselves to it, while others set up a tall structure in front of the gates and locked themselves together with metal tubes. Horton and Lee were charged with aggravated trespass when they refused to leave the site. They were both found guilty on November the 14th after a trial at St Albans Magistrates Court. Both received a six-month conditional discharge and were ordered to pay costs of £450 each and a victim surcharge of £22. Deputy Chief Crown Prosecutor Olivia Rose of CPS Thames and Chilton said, The Crown Prosecution Service successfully made the case that these individuals trespassed on the oil, land, on the oil depot's land and caused disruption to its operations. She added, If individuals commit criminal offences whilst protesting, then, as this case has shown, a prosecution may follow if our legal test is met. Extinction Rebellion activists held a banner outside Hemel Hempstead's Barclays Bank 
to protest against the role it plays in financing new fossil fuel projects in the UK and Europe. Berkhamsted's Sue Hampton said, Barclays aren't paying attention to the floods, fires, methane belching from permafrost and record, record temperatures, or listening to the dire warnings from the world's scientists who predict a catastrophic end of life on Earth if we don't change direction fast. She added, they must stop financing fossil fuels that are killing people now. The branch was one of more than 100 Barclays branches targeted in a national protest against the bank. Sue continued, I hope Barclays will realise that they are on the wrong side of history and that people who know the truth won't stop campaigning for change. I'm not only here for my grandchildren, but for the thousands of children made homeless in Pakistan right now. Women living in decorum will effectively work more than one month for free this year due to the gender pay gap, figures suggest. Women's rights group, the Fawcett Society, said progress in reducing the gender pay gap is too slow and called on the government to introduce measures to help women into higher paying work, especially during the cost of living crisis. Office for National Statistics estimates show full-time female workers in decorum earned an average of £20.78 per hour, excluding overtime, as of April, while their male peers earned £23.56 an hour, a gap of 11.8%. It means that by the end of the year, Women will have effectively worked without pay since November the 18th. Across the UK, the full-time female workforce is paid an average hourly rate of £18.09, 11.3% less than the £20.04 hourly wage earned by men. Equal pay day was marked on November 20th, after which women across the country effectively stop earning relatively relative to men, according to the Fawcett Society, who said the rising cost of living means raising awareness of the pay gap is vital for women across the country. The Society's chief executive, Jemima Olkowski, said... Progress on tackling the gender pay gap is too slow and evidence continues to stack up that women want to see more being done. In the context of labour market shortages and the cost of living crisis, we really can't afford not to act. We urgently need action from both the government and employers. The gender pay gap is the estimated difference between the average hourly wage for men and women across all jobs and is different from the concept of equal pay, which means men and women doing the same job must be paid the same. The Society also called on the government to make flexible working available to all to help more women and mothers into work. It said employers should also stop asking discriminatory wage history questions and publish salary bans on job adverts. The government's Equality Hub said the overall trend of the national gender pay gap has decreased over time since 1997. A government spokesperson said that it has introduced legislation for the right to flexible working and shared parental leave and pay and doubling free childcare. A mum from Hemel Hempstead is cheering up children this Christmas by singing in London hospitals. Colette Spinner from Apsley visits ill children along with a team of entertainers from the charity Spread a Smile. Colette has duetted with Boys Own's Stephen Gately and sung for George Michael. She said, I get to do what I love every day and it is great to be able to turn the atmosphere in a room around by making children laugh. She remembers singing to one child and her mum saying it was the first time she had seen her daughter smile in a month. Colette explained, it is a real privilege to be able to work with children and be there to celebrate when they reach a milestone, like being given the all clear from cancer.
It is the best feeling to lift children's spirits. Children from two decorum schools will receive letters with positive and kind messages in the post as part of a national campaign to combat bullying. Research from the Nationwide Building Society and the Diana Award revealed that 33% of children living in decorum have never received a letter, but 89% would be excited to, see, to receive one in the post. The partnership launched the Positive Postbox campaign for children to send a letter to another child somewhere in the UK. The aim is to make a positive impact on their mental health and spread positivity as kids continue to deal with bullying in and out of school. Statistics from Nationwide found that 79% of children in decorum have experienced bullying, with all saying it was ongoing. The Positive Post Box was created to help kids discover the joys of letter writing and teach them that it is cool to be kind and promoting mutual respect and proactive kindness to others. Deputy CEO of the Diana Awards, Alex Holmes, said, We're delighted to be part of this brand new campaign, which encourages kindness through the re revival of letter writing. We've received an overwhelming response from the launch, with over 120,000 children set to be involved across the whole of the UK. He added, simple written messages of kindness can have a positive impact on both the sender and the receiver. We're looking forward to seeing young people across the country putting pen to paper and sending their messages. An independent report published has identified that Hertfordshire Police needs to improve in several areas of its operations. After a visit in September 2021, His Majesty's Inspectorate of Constabulary and Fire and Rescue Services found that Hertfordshire Police should improve how it manages the vetting of its staff to make sure that people have valid clearance for their roles. It stated... It was difficult to identify the people in designated posts who had or didn't have the correct vetting, and the force provided contradictory data. In February 2019, Hertfordshire Police had 981 individuals with expired vetting, which had been reduced to 102 by the time of the inspection. The force had not tracked people in non-police roles who required vetting, with 175 staff in these roles having expired vetting. The police had prioritised counter-terrorism checks and security clearance vetting. They had used the date of expiry as a priority rather than considering people in posts who didn't have the correct clearance. This is a risk for the force, the inspectorate says. The report said it should prioritise unvetted staff based on the role they hold and the risk it poses to the organisation. Another area for improvement was its system to monitor and respond to disproportionality in its vetting decisions. Despite having the data, there was no evidence that there was any analysis done of vetting rejection and projection characteristics, which include age, disability, sex, race, religion marriage, pregnancy and sexual orientation. It explained, the force doesn't analyse the proportion of rejections for applicants with a particular protected characteristic compared to a group with, without that characteristic. As a result, the force has no means of understanding the reasons for any disproportionality and therefore no action is being taken to address it. And continuing on with this story, from reports from 2016, 2017 and 2018 stroke 19, vetting was a cause for concern and an area for improvement. The inspectorate stated, we found it still needed to improve the management of its vetting. As the inspection happened more than a year ago, no graded judgment was provided for this area. The body identified that Hertfordshire Police was effectively using its mo monitoring software. 
It had removed the right to use encrypted apps and prohibited the use of work mobiles for personal matters before the inspection. Despite having a Counter-Corruption Strategic Threat Assessment, STA, there were no profiles of those who might be vulnerable to corruption or people outside the force who might try to corrupt the workforce. There were no examples found of proactive intelligence collection and Hertfordshire Police was not using its IT monitoring capability to exploit all opportunities. This was something the force was aware of and had allocated additional resources. The inspectorate also said that the force has made abuse of position for a sexual purpose training mandatory and the subject is discussed during annual performance reviews. The report added, The workforce recognises that abuse of position for a sexual purpose is serious corruption. Now we come to the information slot. This is followed by the obituaries, what's on and any more news. Firstly, diary dates. National Tree Week, 26th of November to 4th of December, the UK's largest celebration of trees and woods. Thousands of trees are planted to mark the start of the tree planting season. The MOBO Awards, 30th of November. A host of musicians will be honoured at the famous awards ceremony which celebrates music of black origin. The Kings Langley Evergreen Social Club, based at the community centre in Kings Langley, has been meeting fortnightly for over 60 years. Old photographs show that back in the 1960s, the hall was very full for each meeting, with gentlemen wearing jackets and ties, and ladies smartly dressed in dresses with hats, all sitting at rows at tables. Today's meetings still attract around 40 members, and whilst they are all smartly dressed, there is less formal atmosphere with an ever-changing arrangement of tables to ensure that people can socialise easily with fellow members and make new friends as well as enjoy the various activities on offer. So far this year, the members have been entertained by a jazz band, taken part in an indoor street party to celebrate the Platinum Jubilee, sat down to a delicious lunch to celebrate the club's birthday, had several very interesting talks and taken part in fun quizzes. Coming up, there will be a Chris Christmas craft session as well as a trip along the Grand Union Canal complete with a cream tea. We are a non-profit making organisation which would not function without the club chairperson and leader Anne and her team of volunteers who drive members to and from the club as well as serving refreshments and making sure that members are in a safe and happy environment. New members are always welcome. For more details, contact Anne Martin on 01923 267 604. Westminster Abbey issues to parishes a church pass, allowing adults and children to visit free of charge. The admission charge for visitors is usually £27, so this is quite a saving. If you would like to visit the Abbey, please ask for the pass from St Peter's Parish Office. The pass can be used by up to four people at a time and we're limited to six visits per year, so please get a family or group together. Westminster Abbey was founded in the 11th century by Edward the Confessor and there are surprising historic connections with Berkhamsted. Soon after the Saxon nobles surrendered to the Normans at Berkhamsted, William the Conqueror was crowned King of England at the Abbey on Christmas Day, 1066. In the 14th century, John de Waltham served as rector of St Peter's Berkhamsted from 1379 to 81 and later as Bishop of Salisbury. He was a favourite of King Richard II and upon his death in 1395 became the only commoner to be buried in the chapel of Edward the Confessor within Westminster Abbey. It's a wonderful historic place and a great place to take children for an educational day out. Contact church office at greatberkhamsted.org.
www.ofcdc.org.uk. There's still time to enjoy a midweek winter break before or after the festive season. In addition to dinner, bed and breakfast, you'll also enjoy afternoon tea on one day of your stay. Choose to stay between two and five nights at the Clifton Hotel in Tynmouth. Included are standard room accommodation, dinner, bed and breakfast, afternoon tea, upgrades available, no single supplement, available until 21st of December and from 2nd of January to the end of March. A minimum two-night stay applies. The Clifton Hotel is at 20 Dawlish Road in Tynmouth and reservations can be made on 01626 770052 or via email at reservations at cliftonhotel.com. Terms and conditions apply. Price is given a standard from rate per person based on two adults sharing a standard room. A £50 per person non-refundable deposit taken at time of booking with the outstanding balance due 28 days prior to arrival. No single supplement. No run, refund or alternative for unused elements. Minimum two nights length of stay applies. Upgrades are available for a supplement. Available Monday to Thursday until 22nd of December 22 and from 2nd of January 23 to 31st March. News from the Hospice of St Francis. From 29th November to 6th of December, this year we are taking part in an exciting campaign which will help fund nursing care in the inpatient unit this Christmas. For seven days, every donation to the hospice made via the Big Give website will be doubled. Double the donation, double the amount of nursing care. The target is £25,000, doubled. There is a very tight window to secure donations, so this, this initiative has a real sense of urgency, but one that we are ready for with the help, as always, from our hospice family. On Tuesday 29th November, the hospice will have a stand inside Waitrose between 10am and 4pm. To find out more about the campaign, visit https colon slash slash donate dot the big give dot org dot uk also from the hospice a christmas carol concert will take place on sunday the 4th of december at st albans cathedral at 3 p.m tickets are being snapped up fast for the special festive concert for tickets call 01727-890-290, which is the Cathedral Box Office, or book online. A hearts-based charity is calling for residents to dig out musical instruments they no longer play or need to help them create live, interactive music experiences with learning disabled people. Electric Umbrella is running their 1,000 Instruments Challenge for the second year running in a bid to change the way the world thinks about the learning disabled and others. The charity has a community of more than 2,000 learning disabled adults and children from around the UK who take part in a range of co-created sessions with pro musicians, including singing in the Big Yellow Choir, and starring in show-stopping performances at gigs and festivals. Additionally, their education programme engages five mainstream primary schools and one SEN school each week, reaching 30,000 primary school children every year. At the centre of their offer is a bespoke programme that supports learning disabled people to gain new skills and grow in confidence. Members local to Hertfordshire have the opportunity to participate in work-based activity in their emporium in Hemel Hempstead Shopping Centre, the Marlows. Donated instruments help the charity in one of three ways. They are either fixed up to sell, raising vital funds to support Electric Umbrella's work. They're used de directly in sessions and on school visits, often after a little TLC. Or... If they really won't play again, may members help repurpose them and sell them. A clarinet, for example, can become a particularly fetching lamp base. Last year, donated instruments made a huge difference to the charity, raising 
£25,000 and enabling them to deliver an additional 1,500 hours of work-based activity at the Emporium. But this work can only happen if they have enough donated instruments. Your unwanted instruments can be dropped off at the, their Emporium from Monday to Saturday from 10am to 5pm. Alternatively, they can be sent for free from your local post office. To donate or find out more about Electric Umbrella, visit electricumbrella.co.uk slash 1000. Shopping online safely. Action Fraud and the National Cyber Security Centre are urging everyone to protect their accounts, check before they buy, and use secure payment methods this shopping season. Here are their top tips to help you shop securely. Where to shop? Buying online from a store you haven't used before? Do some research to check they are legitimate. Read feedback from people or organisations that you trust, such as consumer websites. Protect your accounts. Set up two-step verification and use strong passwords to prevent criminals from gaining access to your shopping, bank and email accounts. Pay securely. Use a credit card when shopping online, as most credit card providers protect online purchases and are obliged to refund you in certain circumstances. Using a credit card, rather than debit card, also means that if your payment details are stolen, your main bank account won't be directly affected. Also, consider using a payment platform, such as PayPal, Google or Apple Pay. When paying, look for the closed padlock in the web address bar to check your connection is secure. Phishing. Messages about great offers may contain links to phony websites. If you've received an email you're unsure about, forward it to the suspicious email reporting services at report at phishing.gov.uk. If you receive a suspicious text, forward it to 7726, free of charge. Advice. More information about shopping online can be found on the National Cyber Security Centre website. Shopping online securely. ncsc.gov.uk If you think you've been a victim of fraud, contact your bank or card provider immediately and then report it to Action Fraud at Contact Us Action Fraud or by calling 0300 123-2040. Decorum Borough Council have awarded a grant of £135,000 alongside a grant of £20,000 from Tring Town Council to Wendover Canal Trust for a canal restoration project. The grants have been matched with a legacy fund from a former resident of Little Tring. The restoration project includes the removal of 5,500 cubic metres of household waste. This was tipped for 10 years from 1918 to 1928 into the closed canal at Little Tring by the then Tring Urban District Council. The tip waste consists mainly of ash and stretches for 270 metres. It's one of the final barriers to re-watering the Wendover Canal and its removal will be a significant milestone. It will also allow the reopening of the towpath through the area currently containing the waste, avoiding the need for walkers, runners and cyclists to divert down the busy Little Tring Road. For the first time in a hundred years there will be a continuous towpath from the Grand Union Canal to Wendover. We are pleased to be able to support this excellent canal restoration project, which when completed will bring a range of biodiversity, health and well-being and economic benefits to the area. You can follow the restoration at www.wendovercanal.org.uk What's on? Family. 
Ashridge House illuminated, November the 25th to January the 2nd, gaze at fields of fire, walk through tunnels of light and be mesmerised by dazzling displays of colour and sound everywhere you turn during the 45 to 60 minute trail at the former Royal Palace near Berkhampstead. Visit ashridgehouse.org.uk for details. Theatre. Beauty and the Beast, Court Theatre, Tring, December the 1st to the 3rd. Berkhampstead Youth Theatre presents the timeless story of a brave girl who leaves her family to discover the mysteries of passion, imagination and love in the glorious palace of the Beast. Visit courttheatre.co.uk to book. Family. Christmas at Hatfield Park, November the 25th to December the 31st. A new Christmas light trail at Hatfield Park opens this week. The installation will be part of a spectacular collection of illuminations which will transform the 42 acres of gardens and parkland where Queen Elizabeth I spent much of her childhood. Designed by Culture Creative, a mesmerising fire garden will be composed of hundreds of flame heads interspersed with lantern trees by Mandy lights, which echo the timeless beauty of Victorian-style street lamps. The brass effect shades shimmer in bright gold with electric flames inside the lanterns to inspire a feeling of warm firelight. The lights are choreographed to a soundtrack of much-loved seasonal music. Visit Christmas at Hatfield Park, ctickets.com to book. Watford Palace Theatre Company also present Beauty and the Beast by Andrew Pollard. Bienvenue à Paris, where beauty, art and love reign supreme and play host to our remixed tale of Beauty and the Beast. A theatre full of colourful characters are vying to be the next big act when up-and-coming singer Bo falls foul to a dastardly magician's plot and is transformed into a hideous beast. Only true love can save him. But will his charm offensive work its magic on the kind and beautiful Belle before time and her patience runs out? Or will love prevail before the last rose petal falls and seals their fate forever? Tickets are from £11. There's an audio-described performance on Friday the 30th of December at 5pm with accompanying touch tour at 4pm. During our audio-described performances, a live verbal commentary is provided to blind or partially sighted audience members via an infrared in-ear headset system. The commentary explains and describes the visual effects of the performance, such as the set, costumes and gestures. Vocalise provide the audio description for our audio-described performances. Headsets can be collected from the box office with a deposit of £5. And how to book? Please contact the box office on 01923 22 Five six seven one, Monday to Friday, ten a.m. to four p.m. Friday, twenty third of December, twenty twenty two, at seven thirty p.m. Bach's Mass in B minor, a date for your diary. Hear one of the greatest works of sacred choral music ever written, J. S. Bach's glorious B minor Mass, performed in St Peter's Church, Berkhamsted, just before Christmas. The obituary on the family announcement page this week is for Gerald William Wilmore, aged 88 years. May he rest in peace. A giant football boot has been unveiled in Doha, Qatar, in celebration of the World Cup. This giant sculptor is 5.18 metres, 17 foot long, and 2.13 metres, 7 foot tall, and weighs over 500 kilograms. It's been made with the same materials used to create real football boots, and is believed to be the largest of its kind anywhere in the world. Indian artist M. Delief 
revealed it took him seven months to complete, with the boot now on display at the Katara Cultural Village for thousands of footy fans to see. Delief said in an interview that he hopes the sculpture will represent India at the World Cup, as the country itself didn't qualify. This isn't Delief's first attempt at a Guinness World Record. He's previously set the records for the world's largest marker pen, bicycle and screwdriver, to name just a few. On Wednesday the 7th of December 2022 at 7pm, Age UK Decorum is having a Christmas concert at St Peter's Church, Berkhamsted. Age UK Decorum's annual fundraising community Christmas carol concert with a difference. The festivities will feature traditional congregational carols, festive music performed and sung by the Castle Choir, Bible readings together with modern Yuletide messages chosen and read by local celebrities. Mince pies and mulled wine will be served in the interval. Book your tickets now and support a wonderful cause. Tickets cost £8 and can be booked on the Age UK Decorum website. The Flying Scotsman, the world's most famous steam locomotive, celebrates its 100th anniversary in 2023. As part of its centenary programme, it will visit a range of heritage railways next year, including the East Lancashire Railway in March. Rail enthusiasts who want to get up close to this iconic national treasure can now book a two-day coach break with Just Go Holidays, which includes the opportunity to enjoy a steam-hauled journey behind this magnificent train. The Flying Scotsman has achieved a lot in the last century. It was the first steam locomotive to officially reach 100 miles per hour in 1934, the first to circumnavigate the globe, and it holds the record for a non-stop run in a steam locomotive, set in 1989 with a 442-mile trip. It also hauled the first ever non-stop London to Edinburgh service in May 1928, reducing the journey time to eight hours. Just Go Holiday's two-day break includes a picturesque steam-hauled round-trip journey on the East Lancashire Railway as the train meanders to the charming town of Rottenstall through beautiful rural panoramas and picture postcard villages, passing over viaducts and through tunnels before arriving back in Bury. A visit to the Bury Transport Museum is also included, offering the chance to discover the story of the North West's industrial past through their impressive collection of artefacts, vehicles and exhibits. There is also a visit to Liverpool to round off the break. For further information or to book, call 03301 628 271. Lines open 8am to 7pm Monday to Friday, 9am to 5pm Saturday, 9am to 4pm Sunday. 033 numbers are free within inclusive minutes packages, otherwise standard rate supply. Or visit www.justgoholidays.com forward slash JPD. The Flying Scotsman Centenary Anniversary Steam Train Experience includes... A two-day coach break from £149 per person based on two sharing. Departs on the 12th and 18th of March 2023 and includes return coach travel from selected pick-up points around England and Wales. One night's accommodation with breakfast and dinner. Train journey behind the Flying Scotsman. Admission to Bury Transport Museum. A visit to Liverpool. And for those who want to be away a little longer... A three-day break is also available on the 10th of March 2023, priced from £229 per person. The door-to-store minibus will be operating as follows during December. Hemel Hempstead, 9th of December to Sainsbury's. Berkhamsted, 14th of December to Waitrose. Tring, 8th and 22nd of December to Tesco. Bovingdon, 12th of December to Sainsbury's, Apsley Mills, and Kings Langley, 5th and 19th of December, also to Sainsbury's. 
To book, please call 212-888. There may be a small charge for the service. Football. Hemel Hempstead Town progressed to the third round of the FA Trophy in extraordinary circumstances on Saturday. Trailing 1-0 in the dying seconds of Saturday's tie, goalkeeper Craig King went up for a Tudor's corner and headed home the equalising goal to send the game straight to penalties. King then proceeded to save a crucial penalty in the shootout as Hemel won 5-4 on spot kicks to progress into the third round. And manager Mark Jones was thrilled to see his side go through. He said, we gave ourselves a chance by hanging on in there and staying in the game. And whilst it's only 1-0, managers will always tell you, you've always got that chance for something unbelievable to happen. Kings Lynn are an excellent side and haven't lost at home all season. They're flying high in the league and are in the second round of the FA Cup. So it was probably the toughest tie we could have had. So we had to dig in, but the honesty of the boys and the attitude to dig in meant we deserved what we got. Kings Lynn would rue their missed chances. They hit the woodwork three times, but that's the kind of luck you need sometimes. I don't think we could have written the script that we'd have our goalkeeper come up in the 95th minute and head it in, but it was great to see. And I'm really pleased for the Hemel fans that travelled and gave us great backing. It's nice to send them away buzzing and I'm delighted for the players. King had already made a couple of good saves before he was beaten on 13 minutes when Ken Charles drove the ball home after a cross from the right wasn't dealt with. But Hemel had weathered several storms and then scored the dramatic late equaliser when it went to penalty kicks. After five penalties each, the score was three all, so it went to sudden death. The next two went in before the final line was written, with King saving superbly Lynn's effort, and it was left to Harris O'Connor to step up and take the Tudors into the next round. Basketball. Sensational Hemel Storm destroyed Thames Valley Cavaliers in Saturday's local derby, winning 113-66. to 66. Vanarama-sponsored Storm faced their local rivals in a game where some players had transferred between the two rosters in the summer, but it was Storm who were superior, running riot from the start, dominating the game and deservedly winning. It was a phenomenal performance in one of the most important games of the season, and Storm definitely did not disappoint. A team display with some great stats made the difference in how the game went. Arian Ray registered a triple-double of 20 points, 14 rebounds and 11 assists. Sam Newman scoring 26 points, 8 assists and 7 rebounds. While Hakim Silia had a double-double of 17 points and 12 rebounds. Storm next faced Nottingham Hoods away on December 3rd and are at home to Reading Rockets in the National Cup the following day. We're coming to the end of this week's news. Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are 7.35am and 4.02pm. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemel.org.uk. If you wish, and wish to listen on Alexa, say, Alexa, open the talking newspaper skill. Alexa will ask you which broadcast you want to listen to. When prompted, reply, play the decorum talking newspaper. This part can be tricky. If Alexa offers the wrong station, just say no, and then try again. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, after the music, there is the amenities section that gives details of various groups and the contact details of organisations. Please remove your memory stick carefully from the player and return it to us in the pouch provided. Seal it up firmly 
turn the label over and post it back to us by using any Royal Mail post box. No stamp is required. Thank you for listening. Until next time, it's goodbye from all your readers, our editor Eleanor and Joe, your technician for this week.